0: Welcome to the Digital Forester podcast, where we talk to foresters about how they are using digital technologies in their day-to-day forestry work. Hey, hey, everybody! Welcome to the Digital Forester podcast. So today, I'm pleased to be joined with Enda Keen, CEO of Tree Metrics. Enda, how are you?
1: Very good, very good, Kevin.
0: Awesome. Well, well, thanks so much for joining, and definitely for our listeners. Enda and I were just talking before starting this. You showed me a picture of his backyard. Uh, in Ireland is it Cork? Cork, you're based out of. Cork, yeah. oh, it was it was beautiful because I was telling Enda just uh, yesterday it was 42 degrees Celsius and and hot and sticky and then and Enda showing me this picture I'm like can you can you teleport me there because I was like I will take that <laughs> and then I, I think you mentioned you actually don't get that much sun and you're on the way to the beach. Right after this uh, recording, so so how have you been uh, during this pandemic in Ireland? Maybe give our listeners and myself a context. Uh, everybody's uh, in a different spot, but you've been doing well.
1: Yeah, it's been. A, do you know what? It's been a really interesting time. I, I know a lot of people have been badly affected by it globally, but you know, from a family perspective, I've had an enjoyable lockdown there. Are, you okay. know, over a year and a half, um, it, it stopped me traveling, and uh, that wasn't a bad thing actually. Yeah. We, we were doing a lot of a lot of trips and you know in hindsight we didn't need to do as many trips as we often thought we did true um so zoom and, and you know google meet and all these things have have filled, a, have filled a big void and yeah so and you know the lockdown people have reconnected with nature and got out walking and that's true family cycling and you know it's amazing the last year right, it's been incredible the the, the, the talk about nature and carbon, the environment, climate change, it's, it has really brought that to the fore. I, I don't know about you, but it's incredible the amount of companies that are committing to being carbon negative by 2030. Yeah, um, absolutely. Everybody, um, hopefully they'll all live up to their commitments. Yeah, yeah. Everything. Yeah, absolutely. So,
0: so that'll be a theme we'll talk about today as we, we kind of move towards that. That's a, that's a great theme. And for the video watchers, if you're, I'm normally in some type of collared shirt, I'm, I'm rocking my, my Tentries uh, t-shirt. So not endorsing or anything, but it's hot in Ottawa. So I'm going a bit more cash uh, and as more professionally dressed with a collar, but uh, it's hot in Ottawa. So I'm going more casual. So, so and, uh, let's, let's get into it. Tell, I, I always like to ask, tell me how you began your foresters journey.
1: Yeah, um, so my dad was a forester, and um, so that that was a good introduction. There's not many foresters in Ireland. We have a very small industry. Only, only, when I started, there was only 7% of the country under trees. So we were once all a forest, and then uh, along came the British and uh, knocked all our trees for shipbuilding <laughs> <chip-doodle> and gunpowder, <laughs> powder. And uh, so we became obviously cows, cows and cattle and sheep. That's our that's our countryside. But over the last 30 years, um, hard to believe I'm nearly 30 years now in the wow. industry, but uh, wow. there's been a huge, a huge uh, emphasis on planting trees. So we're now up to 11 percent as a country. Okay. And um, as a as a so, yeah, I had an early grounding in, in with my dad's background and then I took the plunge into the industry. Got a job as a in in the summers and in the winters working as a forest labourer. So started planting trees and spreading fertilizer and all that kind of stuff and <laughs> uh, cutting cutting trees and um, and yeah. So I, I went off and studied at university and got my grounding and took on a career with the with the government for a few years, advising farmers uh, to plant trees and working went in the private sector for a few years then. Convincing people to invest in forestry and plant trees again, farms in, in, in particular. And um, then I left the industry for a while, took a took a, f- a five year break, I went into the tech world, and came back to forestry to form tree Metrics, and, and that was driven by my first sight of lidar. I, I came across this terrestrial lidar scanner as part of my previous job. So what what so, year was
0: that roughly? What year was that roughly when you you started doing 2000,
1: that? Two thousand that four. Um, okay. So yeah, early. I came across, yeah, terrestrial lidar, and um, we were we were doing visualizations of proposed factories, what they'd look like in the landscape. Oh, so, okay, uh, okay. That was part of our work: uh, visual impact assessment and uh, uh, you know environmental impact assessment. And we were using tech to using aerial lidar and then terrestrial lidar. And when I saw the terrestrial lidar for the first time, it just blew me away with the quality of the data, and uh, contacted an old buddy of mine Garrett Malouli, who's right. a co-founder who you've met on, on your yep. travels yeah yeah in <laughs> new zealand
0: i think we we always connect in new yeah. zealand not in ireland but that's a side story yeah yeah
1: and um so myself and Garrett, we looked at the data Garrett had more of a practical on the boots on the ground management okay. experience than i had and um so showed the data to him and we, we we went to finland for a week with the data and we met with all the um top industry players up there and said, look, we think we we can make a better system for measuring trees and managing forests as a result. And got a good response from them. The Finns are very, you know, they're very, as you know, they're very uh, guarded. Um, they're very <laughs> insular in some ways. The I was going to say stoic
0: them. in some respects at times. Yeah.
1: yeah. <laughs> And uh, they like to do things their own way. But we got a good response from them and said, look, if you can do it. But they did say, by the way, you're taking on a massive challenge because yes. we're, very we're a very slow industry to adopt change and technology. And the measuring tape, they felt it was going to take about 30 years to disrupt the measuring tape.
0: Yeah, They're probably that on track to... too, right? Like when we think about it, they're, <laughs> they're
1: probably on track. Uh, 17 years and some another, another uh, 13 years or so to go to disrupt the forest industry. But... Yeah, that was a good trip. And we came back and we formed three metrics. And- okay,
0: so that was a start.
1: So, yeah, so thinking,
0: did- thinking of that, it's like there, there was a buzz term. I remember I always loved that you guys came up with, and it was IoT, but it wasn't the IoT as we know it today. So maybe tell me, where, where did that come from? Was that a Garrett of thing? Was that more of a you know sitting at a local pub going, you know what, we're going to come up with this IoT. So maybe share with our mm-hmm. listeners, what is IoT? And, and for those in the tech space, it's not what you think.
1: Well, I, I trees is, is, the, is our <laughs> hashtag for IoT. And it came about because of IBM. We, so if we're looking in Ireland, we've got, I suppose, we're always export-focused. You know, as a small company, you won't make your fortune in Ireland. You have to get out and you have to look abroad. And and one of the lucky things about Ireland is that we've got some major tech companies basing themselves their European headquarters in Ireland because we're now the, the last remaining uh, right. English speaking Euro economy in Europe. So uh, that's true. So we've always historically attracted the likes of Microsoft, I you know, uh, Apple, Intel, Dell, you name it. We've got most of the major tech companies from America and France, from China, basing themselves in uh, in Ireland, and uh, so we've got good uh, good connectivity with the multinationals, and we you know, Trimetrics we. We started to engage with those companies to learn, and, and you know, you know, you can't beat the the guidance that these people will give you. They they do see the future, and they make Absolutely. the future. Absolutely, So you know, uh, IBM, we went to them with our vision and our our uh, our plan, and that was the first time in two thousand and ten. That was the first time I heard of the phrase Internet of Things, IoT, and the cloud. And that was yeah. the first time I heard of it, the cloud. Yeah, and and a bunch of other other things, and um. So, they had this lovely thing called the three eyes, which summarized what they called the, the world is going to get smarter, the smart planet. The three eyes was that the world is going to become more instrumented, interconnected, and intelligent. Okay. Instrumented through sensors, uh, interconnected through the, through the web and the yep. cloud, and intelligent through analytics. And that was it cool. it's amazing that that was 10, 12 years ago that they showed us this is where the world was going to go. And we had to go to the cloud and we and prepare for the Internet of Things. And um, and that's where we set about creating this idea of a platform. Now everyone uses this word platform, but, yeah, um, yeah. Yeah, this, this where you pull in all your data and you have a platform and I have a platform, we all have platforms, but it is about pulling in data from different sensors, interconnecting it and analyzing it and feeding back the information back to the customer. And we were very lucky with, they gave us a huge... Um, route to go on uh for this internet of trees and then the then the next lucky break you know because it's all about look and making your own look and yeah. getting out and talking to people and learning but we we were lucky enough to to be introduced to the internet to the european space agency okay and um they on uh, 2012 they gave us our first break where we got our first contract with them which uh, basically it was helping us to use their you know the three pillars of space which is Satellite communications, uh, Earth observation, and uh, GNSS global positioning. Right. And Trimetrics, metrics, we went in with our vision of where we want to go with this cloud platform. And um, thankfully, over the years, they've been very supportive with our our government agency here, Enterprise Ireland. They they do a great job in plugging you into agencies around the world. And so we were very lucky we got a break there. And over the last you know ten years or so, we've we've gone back to ESA with as our vision and our our. Our view of the world is changing, and sensors are changing, and new satellites and new chips. Everything's happening. We go back to East Sarri so often, and say, "Hey, look, this is what this is going to have an impact on the forest industry. Can we get some money off you guys to develop this?" And thankfully, we do. We do. We're quite successful in, in putting in that money to 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 drive our R yeah. and D. Yeah. One of those projects was called Internet of Trees, where okay. we um, developed a, a dendrometer to put around the tree to remotely measure the growth of the trees number of our customers were asking for this. Connecting it up then was the next issue. How do you, creating a net mesh network and how yep. do you get that data back to base through, in some cases, satellite modems and, and so forth. And, and um, so that's a cool project. The sensors, the challenge is to make the sensors robust, that they'll survive for, for a long time, 10 yeah. years. So that's yeah. an, ongo- an ongoing project that we have. And um, as a company, we always have some R&D projects over here and we have our main product, you know, we're trying to make it more commercial and, and, and scale it. Um, another project we're working on this year is um, called sat research which is satellite monitoring for forest certification. Okay. That's a cool project. It's a cool project where we're trying to streamline forest certification and um, and using satellites to help cut the cost of auditing in particular.
0: Any any um, particular satellite constellation That's that's the one that you guys yeah. are using? There's so many out there now. There's almost like there's too much data, but... Is there a special flavor that works for, for you and tree metrics? Yeah,
1: we're we're um, obviously Sentinel, Sentinel-1, you know, Sentinel-2. Yeah. Sentinel that would be my costs, guess. Given the East connection. But we also, we're looking at all sorts of, over the years, we've tested everything from cartosat to set, digital globe. Obviously, there's big cost implications and trade-offs. Absolutely. You choose. But we've looked at, we're always looking at, you know, new sensors. Um, that's ever evolving, as you know. It's incredible the, the amount of hardware that's gone up into space. Yeah. And um, so yeah, so so thankfully, yeah, we we're lucky. We're very lucky in, in Europe with the European Space Agency how open they are to helping small companies to, ha- to help enable them to, to achieve, you know, R and D and innovation. And um, so that's been a great a great experience working with them. We've run yeah. an awful lot from when this this sat for cert project is where our prototype is due in a couple of months. Um, we're showing the industry and with some great partners helping us. So Soil Association who are a huge a huge player in the forest certification world. Right. Uh, P PFC Global are, are helping us and guiding us. And um, some big commercial companies like Till Hill are a huge company here in the UK. Yep. Um they they're helping us and, um, and a couple other partners. So yeah, that's that's an example of what we try to do every couple of years. We try to keep our RD going and we have a new project as well, working with the Irish government, uh, working with Dell, and working with Oracle, um, working the whole area of artificial intelligence and and machine learning, and uh, working with some some really um, good data scientists in our university in College Dublin, my old alma mater. Yeah, yeah. Um, that's an exciting project. We won. We won collectively six point eight million funding. So that's nice. that's a huge shot in the arm for yeah. For, us and our partners to to really power ahead with this AI thing, which is going to keep evolving. Yeah. So let, let me,
0: let me jump in here right now. Cause there's a lot there per se. So, so like for our listeners, right, we've heard earth observation, we have heard AI, terrestrial lidar, airborne lidar, uh, There's like pretty much everything in the toolkit today. It's like, it sounds like uh, you and tree metrics, you know, have, have been at the forefront, innovating, trialing different things. And I'm sure it hasn't been uh, easy. You know, you and I have been at this long enough, what we, what we often vision and we, we, we see the end sometimes, it's a circuitous path, but maybe let's start with the LIDAR on the technology side. You know, you said in the 2004 terrestrial, what are some of the key game changers, if that's the right word, that you've seen since you started? Because now we've got, you know, the handheld LIDARs that people are excited. You know, we've got like even the iPhone uh, with with the LIDAR built in there, but maybe share some thoughts what you've seen and, and are there any patterns you've seen on the LIDAR side? Does it still get you excited or are you more like, ah, uh, it's becoming commoditized, you know, it's like, I'm not sure this really makes sense. But is there something that kind of caught you by surprise as you've watched this, this LiDAR space unfold? And then we'll go into the other technology spaces to, to uh, well, not educate our listeners, but share your your experiences. But what do you think about LiDAR today and from where it came from?
1: Yeah, well, when I look back to 2004, myself and Garrett in, in Finland, and I, and I reflect on the, the hardware that we had, it was crazy. It was a crazy <laughs> idea. And, uh, and it was naive as well because, yeah, the, the carrying of that, the cost of the hardware was crazy. The size of it and the weight of it was crazy, but the data was awesome, right? And so yeah. so, uh, so the, the big, the massive game changer for us has been the iPhone 12 and the LiDAR sensor on that. And the good news is that from what we're hearing through the grapevine is that the iPhone 13 is gonna have even a better sensor Okay. And, uh, more, more resolution, longer range. And, and we think, you know, yeah, there's amazing handheld sensors. We've trialed them all. And, yeah, we're we're 17 years processing terrestrial LiDAR and aerial LiDAR. And, you know, to me, the big, big opportunity is the iPhone 12. Because it's okay. just, you know, and, and, and new, newer models. And uh, we searched far and wide and we found a great company in, in Sweden uh, called Arborea with johan and his team and we've teamed up with them and yeah so it's a big some of the biggest lessons we've learned is i suppose as a company we needed to, to get better at collaborating and partnering rather than trying to do everything agreed. ourselves. agreed and, uh, and so we've we've overlooked since the pandemic and the change in our lifestyle and traveling and everything else and the, you know reflecting on the whole thing forestry selling forestry software is is a tough industry you know <laughs> it's very uh, i know <laughs> <So> we know <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> You know, and it's very hard to disrupt the big players who've got really powerful systems. You know, the the Singias, the Trimbles. You know, they're not going to be easily disrupted. Um, so you have to find your you have to find your space. And um, we've got good traction now over the last few years, supplying measurement you know services, software services where people will upload their data. So a good example is um, a company in in uh, Costa Rica and Panama called Teak. Okay. They've been a great user of our system. So they they collect their field measurements, and they upload them to our cloud, and we process them, and we analyze them, and we give them feedback as to the the growth and performance of their asset and, and management tools and stuff. And we that's that's the type of work we want to become more good at okay. and, and supporting people on the ground. And then with the iPhone, we said, hang on a second here. This this could be a huge game changer. For the millions of forest owners that are out there, so in the European Union we've got 16 million forest owners. In the US there's many more millions. Canada more and more private owners, yeah. obviously, Eastern Canada and so forth. And so we 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 just said, can we develop systems and tools to try and democratize forest measurement? This gig economy that you know, yep. you know, you these people driving around delivering your food nowadays. Can we can we get people who want to get out and work in the forest to go out and measure forests for people? And uh, so we've gone after this software as a service world uh, teaming up with the likes of um, Arboreal and the iPhone application. And um, that's the big thing for us now is is to try and keep moving in that direction, helping forest owners to to assess their own forest. Obviously, the carbon market is going to be a, a big driver in that as well, because there's going to be more and more requirement for measurement. Like, if I'm being brutally honest, when I look back on it, the forest world survives with a minimum of measurement. Yeah. And we, it's its only natural. It's such a vast, varied resource. It You know, it's too costly to put boots on the ground to collect enough data. So we're living... In a vacuum, in a lot of cases, we we're, we don't really know what's out there in our what's assets, and that, that's yeah. given given the scale. You know, in Canada, the vastness of your resource. Oh is yeah, incredible. yeah. So you can only spend so much money on the ground, and aerial lidar promised a huge amount, but unfortunately, it was so costly. Um, it had major limitations because of the cost.
0: Well, Satellite
1: it, imagery. Yeah. Well, uh, i
0: was just going to say when you when you when you say that, it's interesting because. Um, at the end of the day with forcers, often, often it does come down the economics, right. That no matter, you know, you're dealing with the terrestrial lidar. I remember that day. It's like you had, you guys had to be in the best shape because those T LIDAR things were like 90, a hundred pounds. Right. So it's like, like hiking it in it's like oh it's only you know 800 meters in and you by the time you get there you're like you need water you need to stretch it's like you probably threw your back out to scan it and then you've got occlusion right and then, so you got to move it around and then it, it was probably like who's who's hiking this sucker back because I did my penance getting it in right and and so you're laughing at that I can sense it's like yeah right I remember those days but what I find fascinating listening when you're describing that end is Almost a shift away from like the nuts and bolts of the technology and focusing about the user, or the problem, and and when you're talking about the de- democratization of data, it's it's fascinating because we have all this great technology, and then yet also what what we're hearing is well, if we don't bring you know the end user along for the ride, it doesn't matter how good that 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 tech is. So this this iPhone is fascinating, but then right away in my mind when you were saying that, I was thinking, yeah, but and I, I don't like the Apple ecosystem. I I like Android. So. So so so, what do we what, what do you respond to that? And on top of that, it's like today, it's like and it's like we just got hacked or we are subject to ransomware. Like so, if you're doing this, you know, at the the planet scale, I assume these cyber issues are like popping up. So so, what are some considerations for foresters as they're learning more about what TreeMetric does? Um, you know, thinking about their data footprint in the world. Um, what are some some best practices or or common thoughts like? like something as simple as buying Apple, um, you know, iPhones often for a large organization, then we get into a, a mobile device management issue, um, which again, as an average Joe Forrester, you're like, who cares? It's a phone. But at the enterprise corporate level, those are things they worry about that sometimes maybe us Street tech researchers never appreciated until, you know, after doing our time, 10, 15, 20 or in your case, 30 years. Right. But thinking of maybe cybersecurity, there, like, what, what's your guidance there? What are your, uh, the things that you think about with your team as you, you look to safeguard your client's data and and this platform?
1: Yeah. Yeah, so we, I suppose, one thing we do have to realize as well is it's not all about, <clears throat> not just the iPhone, but, but the traditional measuring tape, you know, people still want to use that. So we have to go back a step and forget about our fancy LIDARs and whatever and just... Enable the bog standard data to be uploaded to our platform as well. So we built a, a simple Android application <laughs> to upload DVHs and heights and stocking and species and, and process that as well. So we, yeah, that's, that was a bit of some of the learnings and feedback is that, you know, you're not going to transform this industry overnight. It's right. going to take long time and time and um, time. And the, you know, the iPhone will evolve and I'm sure Samsung and other you know, the hardware developers will, will come with more uh, LiDAR technology in future handsets. So uh, yeah, it's cybersecurity is, is a major issue. Of course it is. We we all know about the, the hacking that's gone on and all that world. So we just have to, and for that reason, actually Trimetrics, we've we've just recently gone back to IBM to- Okay. To put all, our, all our data is going onto the IBM cloud actually. Just we felt safer. Um, after doing a review of all our systems. We just felt safer that that, that was a better home for our data for the time being, anyway. Um, right. We were AWS, and we're now making that transition to IBM, to the cloud, because of cybersecurity, etc. cetera. But, um, no, it's an exciting time. And, and, like, as we said earlier, there's so many new satellites going up. There's so, so many new sensors coming. You know, ever evolving sensors like terrestrial three D sensors on your phone. Who'd have thought that? You know, fifteen years ago, it's incredible. What's after happening and, and, and evolving, and that's going to continue. You know, we didn't even mention light iron drones. That that's that's a really exciting space. Yeah. What are your, what are your thoughts on that? I'm excited about it because as a company, we had to decide what what were we going to be. You know, you know, if we are going to have this ninety thousand euro piece of hardware we had to focus on harvesting we had to become so we tried to become experts on harvest utilization optimization because that's where the money was and um so that's that's exciting because like aerial lidar at a a stand level is awesome data from it from a a prediction point of view from evaluation point of view so there's a new sensor coming from you know the l1 uh, lidar sensor from dgi for example that's exciting because that's going to push that's going to push the price down of aerial lidar yeah. dramatically and um as a company you know we as i said to you we we tended to focus more on the the high precision end of the forestry chain which is at the time of harvest thankfully now over the last couple of years because of the iphone and we're really now focusing on the macro view um given the fact that you can go out and collect more data a lot more cost effectively uh, with the with the iphone and other sensors and the boots on the ground so um I so as foresters, one thing I always try to say to foresters is that they have to be honest with themselves and reflect more about the data and the quality of the data that they're using to manage their resource. And in sure. many cases, it's, it's, it's poor data. And that's understandable because of the vastness and the, and the variation. The, the big issue is the variation across the crop. You know, we've just such a huge varied resource. Right. And, and there's only so much money you can spend by collecting plot data on the ground. Um, and that's never going to change. Manpower is continuing going to, going to, going to be expensive. Yeah, the, yeah. The, 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 these robot dogs and, and whatever. Yeah, you saw the robot dogs, right? The Boston yeah, Dynamics yeah. and the Huawei has this Boston Terminator-looking
0: one, yeah.
1: Yeah. Uh, they're, they're going to have a role in the forestry, I, I think, in the future, where they'll set them off and let them free and they'll measure and stuff. But but ultimately, uh, ultimately, they we need better data, more data, more plot data. Yeah, um, yeah. To predict what's out there in the forest resource and to manage it better yeah. and um, yeah. so that's that's where we'll focus on over the coming years is um really double down on the precision piece around the harvesting side of things right and right. just better better predict what's in that stand better predict what logs are going to come out of it or, or carbon better predict better measure the carbon the the contents of the wood right. um by supporting that user to get out there and collect faster, quicker data, and that's one thing I love with the iPhone 12. I've used it the last few months. I've been out measuring every so often. I love it actually. Like back to it's really slick when you're walking around with the with the phone and you're getting your 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 DBHs and your heights really fast. Like yeah. it's hard to believe, I'm honest. And, and that feeds straight back into our into our system, and we get automated money reports back to the farmer. Nice. That's cool. Like you, you, you're that evening when you're going, when you're exiting the forest, you just sign into your, into your um, forest HQ and we've got the money there with the latest log prices driving the, the value of that person's forest.
0: Yeah. So, so for our listeners, when you say forest HQ, it's the, the first that's kind of jumped on our conversation, maybe share. Uh, I, I know, but for, for our listeners, like that's the tree metrics platform, maybe share with our listeners, uh, uh, what so that's uh, role play hey and nice to meet you i'm in costa rica with uh, i own a bajillion dollars i wish uh, i want to get into the carbon game or get on the exchanges like like walk us through like force hq is a platform uh, I, we already talked about hey you're going to do your menstruation with your iphone and whatnot or whatever gadget doesn't matter um but force hq that that's my main portal into the tree metrics world for all the magic yeah
1: yeah so it's like most forest management systems, the, the basic underlying foundation is a mapping system. So your GIS tools, very simplified GIS tools, because we felt that too many GIS systems were too complicated and too many functions. So we've stripped it back to its you know, core tools for, for digitizing or mapping or uploading your, your shapefiles. And um, and then uh, remote basic remote sensing tools to process that data, to work out the For example, the productive area of the forest, how many gaps are in your forest? We have tools for that. Okay. Uh, Tree counting, if that's what you want to do. But more importantly, just uploading your plot data and creating a forest measurement, right? And evaluation. And then we have very simple management tools for planning what to do in the forest. Not big, fancy predictive planning systems. Just very, very simple. I'm going to fix the gate here. I'm going to- Gets the job done, yep. Yeah, next, the next more like operations planning where, where you're going to do work on the ground over the next five or 10 years. And that's far as that's far HQ. Then we've nice little plugins where you can upload your harvester data to overlay, you know, all your nice. you know, production information onto the system. And, and you know, if it's a drone image that you have, you can upload that to the system. If it's an aerial LiDAR data, you can upload that to the system. So it's it's about trying to be um more uh you know functional more, make it easier for people to upload their data, make it easier to integrate with existing systems. So as I said earlier on, we're not going to disrupt Trimble's and, and the big players. We're gonna to have to work with them and find our space to, to work with them. So that's what we've focused a lot of energies on, on the APIs and the integration right.
0: piece. Right, that's um, a good strategy. Decouple the system and yet be interoperable with them. Yeah, great, yeah. great strategy, yeah, for sure. And
1: uh, and get better at, one thing definitely get better at collaboration and partnership with other companies other tech there's a huge opportunity to i think to to work with all the different people that are out there measuring stacks of timber or measuring you know growth rates or whatever it is just loads of people out there doing their thing around fire management as your, your late, late one of your latest speakers was talking about that's yep. that's awesome data and um, yeah so so it's a it's um it's a we're in an era now where you're just going to have to keep evolving yes That's the reality yeah. keep evolving the new sensors the new reality of our our forests they're changing rapidly due to climate change and fires and disease and insects and 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 as a result we got to get better at measuring them and monitoring them and managing them as a result and yeah so the last i suppose the other big thing is carbon you know Spent a couple of years really studying. And I, I heard carbon when I was in college 30 years ago. Okay. Or almost 30 years ago, I heard of carbon and there was going to be an exciting market for carbon. and I'd given up on it, to be honest with you. because but, but it's amazing the, the unbelievable traction that forestry carbon and other carbon markets have got, or offset markets have got in the past year alone. But it's I mean,
0: probably, do you think it's from the pandemic? Like in all honesty, like uh, like things forcers used to think and, and the markets think were were impossible, the pandemic hit, and then suddenly everything, the world flips upside down and everything that was not possible is now possible. Do you think that's kind of uh, led into that thinking? And now, you know, uh, ecosystem services are back in the forefront. It's not just timber and forest. It's all the other things they're doing in these exchanges. So what are your thoughts on that?
1: I, I absolutely think it was you know last march 2020 you know when we started to get locked down and people were suddenly you know we stopped everyone took a pause and took a breath the whole world took a breath and yeah. all of a sudden we would nowhere to go any out to the local forest or wherever to track to get away from and uh, and um, when people suddenly started to look around them and you know <laughs> take take an interest in their environment and companies have had to go through major, major reflection on, you know, the office environment and, and their impact on the world. And, you know, I suppose, one you know, look at Microsoft, the commitments they've made, Amazon, yeah. you know, huge, yeah. huge commitments to, to offset their, their historical footprint and many, many more corporations. Obviously, the oil industry and the gas industry have, have been... You know, claiming these, you know, you you know, you go to a filling station now to buy your diesel, and they're claiming it's carbon neutral, for example, and and <laughs> so, so, like it's great, it's it, it don't get me, wrong, it's brilliant, and you got the you know the trillion tree campaign, yeah, you know you got you know Mark Binoff from Salesforce driving tree planting, um, so the world has woken up to the opportunity for planting trees and better managing trees and forests, absolutely, absolutely, and at the same time we've got this incredible reality sinking in on climate change and wildfires and all that brings and disease and, and, and pests. And, um, so yet with that comes huge opportunity. The sad thing is it's having massive impacts as you know, quite well, which are wildfires in Canada, but everywhere, all over the world. Yeah. Uh, Greece as well. uh, California. yeah. Yeah. One thing I think as foresters, we need to get better at is talking to the world about what we're observing. So over my 17 years, I've traveled to over 35 countries around the world. I've been really lucky with myself and gareth and my colleagues. We've traveled the world, Australia, New Zealand, all the way, you know, South America, North America, everywhere and Europe. And and we're, you know, foresters are very similar all over the world. They like a beer, a lot of them. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> and they're they love the environment. A lot of them into the shooting and fishing and living outdoors and and love the environment and 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 the conversation always over the 17 years it was always yeah things are changing and like you know i remember i remember talking to some foresters in in um in the nordics in in finland and they were just worrying about the the ever shorter winters and the the you know the milder winters where they couldn't get the machinery into sites that were traditionally the permafrost would allow them to bring in the big machine that was changing and these were like these are it's happening and, and you know we get these ipcc reports every so yeah, you know, long but foresters have been seeing this for years like i was in in madrid um i the, the last cop uh, meeting in madrid and i remember meeting a forester and he was saying to me about the research showing the shortening um yes. the shortening uh, winters in in the north north of spain and the pyrenees and impact it's having on forestry there and and then you look at look what's happening across Europe, globally, everywhere fires and insect attack. So foresters need to talk more about what they've observed in the past and the rapid change that we've seen over the last number of years. And and we need we need to be part of the discussion around the solution.
0: Absolutely, and, absolutely. And, uh, you
1: know, so the, and with like the example of the wildfires, there's a huge opportunity to go back in there and plant, replant those forests. Yep. and get carbon carbon uh, finance to help drive that. And, and planting of trees globally, you know, there's now a huge opportunity for, um, for foresters to be be a part of that dialogue and a part of that market to yeah. plant those
0: trees. Yeah, it's, a, it's a, a good point. And uh, i just jump in there. And, and uh, you know, one thing I think you, you nailed it on the head is, uh, you know, the way I'd phrase it is as foresters, um, uh, well, anyone in the, the forestry space, we have to get better at telling stories um, and, and part of doing this podcast is exactly for that purpose uh, as, as people give me feedback they're like, it's so great to hear different worldviews different viewpoints from different geographies different technologies at play and they're forming those common patterns and even as you talk about um climate change you know within my my network and as you say you know people in and the, the the extremes are going to see it sooner the changes you know the canadian arctic it's like we're already seeing it i've always said you know i i actually don't really care whether you believe or in climate change or not it's going to hit you in the face and then it's going to hit you in the wallet and it'll be undeniable and at that point it's like you know the 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 mass or the the mob if we want to call it is going to rise and and I think globally we're feeling that just as everyday citizens like you look out your window and you're just doing the WTF like what is going on but thinking yeah. of that I'm just going to kind of pivot us back there like thinking of technology and you mentioned fire and whatnot and 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 UAVs and tech it's like I'm curious to know like in Ireland because I know a lot of listeners well my wife's got uh Irish uh, roots so she's gone back I, I've never never been but in, in Ireland, it's as you mentioned, you know, not quite tied to the EU there, but from a tech stack, I've always heard open source versus, at least on the GIS side, Esri or maybe open source on close. And, and we've talked about Force HQ. Maybe for our listeners, tell us more about your technology stack. What, what like, not the details, you know, the secret sauce as opposed mm-hmm. to what are some of those common things? Like, are you a Linux server? Or you're in the IBM. Um, ecosystem, but you know, is it Esri? Is it open source? You're building custom things, but maybe bring us up to speed on what that stack looks like uh, per se.
1: Yeah, we're we're we are open source on the, on the GIS side, so um, definitely. But you know, we have to accept that we have to be able to work with the Esri systems and integrate. You know, so I think the, you know the key word is integration. That's and, and APIs and and that world. And we've we've tried to completely. Open ourselves up to be able to receive data, send data. Um, yeah, that's that's really. Thankfully, there's a clear standard around how you measure a forest and manage a forest, so we're sticking to those you know, tried and trusted standards of data formats and so forth. And right. Stanford D is an important format, although I think the manufacturers need to stick to it. That's, <laughs> that's true. You know, it's frustrating and and stuff, but um, but yeah, you know. I think the key thing is it's going to keep changing, though, like the, these sensors, like there's a new sensor going up. Next year, there's going to be the biomass sensor sensor from ESA. Uh, so to check out the biomass sensor. That's going to be a dedicated forestry analysis, uh, data, data collection satellite. Yeah, Tell, tell me more uh,
0: about that. Is it multispec, hyperspec, like what? what uh, uh. Yeah,
1: exactly. LiDAR, LiDAR um, capability as well, I'm told. And we're still learning about what's go- going to be actually on, on the payload but um but yeah it's a dedicated forestry measurement no sensor. kidding wow which in itself is 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 a very important and hopefully they'll open it up like they did with the the, the unbelievable central uh systems and um so yeah we're, you know we all know it. we're going to have more and more data and it's going to be cheaper free in a lot of cases free in inverted cameras but 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 yeah we're going to have more and more data and The trick in all of this is that you know goes back down to basics. We have to get better and better at measuring, and that's a great thing. And what really excites me about carbon is finally measurement is going to be hugely important, and the quality of the measurement. Because it's frustrated the life out of me when you come with this precision sensor to measure better, and deep down they don't need it. In a lot of cases, as far as managers of huge scale or any kind of scale, they don't really they can live with you know okay measurement. Data and um, they'll yes. work it out and they go, they'll, they'll throw some more trees at the, at, the, at the market if they need to cut more trees to keep the market happy. Yeah. And, yeah. and that, that was always a frustration that the reality is that they didn't need the precision that we were bringing. But thankfully, with the carbon markets and the ever increasing, thankfully increasing value of wood, um, measuring it better is now finally becoming important. Yeah, and, absolutely. Uh, and we're hoping we're hoping after seventeen years that it mightn't take thirty years that the Finns told us to, to, to revolutionise the industry, and and the iPhone again, just that basic sensor is is really really an important um, tech uh, evolution for us. Yeah, fact, yeah. Just your basic measurements. Just, it's, you don't need a DBH tape anymore. You don't need a hypsometer, You know. Or, you know your vertex you can do it on your phone yes and and that's 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 a huge step for us as a company so 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 thinking of data
0: and we we started off with the 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 podcast so you start talking about deep learning so obviously deep learning subset of machine learning subset of artificial intelligence but that's all driven by good lots of data typically high quality data so in your work, as you move towards that, maybe share with our, our listeners um, your views on deep learning. Um, is that, you know, 2004, a lot are, it's like, great, you really look at the literature, goes all the way back to the 60s when it was started to be experimented, albeit at a, at a low uh, frequency and profile uh, mode only. But do you think deep learning is that next thing in the forestry part that's going to change things? Or do you think there's some other tech trend there that that's equal or
1: just, just the whole drive in AI, actually, you know, so, so, you know, learning. So one thing we need to get better at is capturing the data that we have. So one, one great example is, I know you work in this whole space is, is the harvester data, the cut to length machines. They, they have awesome data, GPS positioning, log production, tree size distribution throughout the crop. Um, I think that's hugely important data to capture. And even if you're not going to use it for now, you will use it in the future and sure. capture that data. And because it, it will be fantastic learning into the future. And we as a company, we always kind of felt that we were under the cash. We, we were always being questioned about the precision of how really good were we at measuring. So we, we embraced the harvester data and the waybridge information mm-hmm. as a real kind of test as to how good did we really do. To st- to feed it back to see could we improve how we were doing things and learn from it and um so artificial intelligence and machine learning and all these you know deep learning you need you need data to um to feed that back into your system to help improve your system so that's one thing i'd implore um forest managers is put in a uh, you know process of capturing that even if you're not going to analyze it for now record it and capture it provided it's cost effective and cheap and yeah. cheerful capture it and, and have it there for, for future use um because it will inform in the future and LIDAR data will be awesome <clears throat> in the future the historic LIDAR data will be awesome in the future to to refer against the new the new data coming through but um yeah we're we're um, as an industry we've been poor at at storing that data and keeping it um but we need to we need to get better at doing that. Yeah. Agreed.
0: uh, Yeah. Agreed. Yeah. I'd be, I'd be interesting to know your thoughts on this one because you and I, we've been doing this for quite a while. Um, You know, often as we're bringing you technology, we think of that, 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 Innovation that adoption curve, you know, you got the great uh, chasm where things tend to fall apart. You got the early adopters, you got the majority, the laggards, and stuff like that. I personally think, you know, forcers in general, it's rare to find one in that that early adopter. You can find them, but uh, most of them tend to kind of sit uh, further down the curve. But I, I was even on a, a UFRo um, call yesterday. And uh, it was about forest digitalization. That seems to be another uh, buzzword per se. Um, But it was interesting. I was watching uh, a presenter from Portugal and the whole thing is is kind of what we're talking about, where we have different systems, resources, you know, harvesters, you know, forest or whatever gear sending data, D's into some centralized database, maybe a couple. And then they're all coming together to drive analytics. And, And when I watched that, Again, uh, I did a PhD, so I, I, I can relate to the academic world. But the, the whole thing I thought of is I know there's the tree metrics of the world that have already done this. And it, and it felt like we were, they were reinventing the wheel. And on top of that, you and I both know commercializing innovation is a hard game. So even though in principle it works and in the academic world, there's all sorts of different factors. But thinking of foresters who are looking to embark, you know, we, we definitely have some listeners that are well like doing everything, uh, definitely the early adopter. Then some that are just kind of the late majority, of the laggards. But if you were to guide a, a force who are listening to this, who wants to get into the game, if we call it that, in one of these technologies, do you have any pro tips to help ease that transition into learning or maybe de-risk um, based on your experiences over over the time with uh, Tree Metrics? You know, aside from just hey, call me, call in uh, Tree Metrics, but. You know, is it about researching it? Is it about collaboration, as you've put, um, you know, with the IBMs of the world or the the ESAs of the world? Is there a general rule of thumb you've kind of, uh, you know, anecdotally come to and said, you know, this is the secret recipe to, to realize success as you try and bring digital transformation to your organization? Any thoughts on that?
1: Yeah, it's a, it's a tough one. It's um, like look, as I said to you a few times in this, this chat, um there are existing systems there that are good good you know most forestry companies have good systems that are doing the job and you just have to accept that that that's just they're going to get better the existing systems are going to get better but eventually disruption happens to everybody right innovation keeps Absolutely. happening and uh, i think the big innovation is going to be around the sensors right and that's going to change every every 6 months you're going to see newer and newer cheaper sources of data and sensors. And you have to look at yourself and look at your system and say, are you, are you prepared for that evolution of, uh, of new data that's coming? That's what I would say. Um, that's, what we're, that's what we're preparing for all the time is to be prepared for these new sensors, cheaper cheaper and better data. That's, uh, that's, and as an industry, we need better data. The reality is we're, we're making an awful lot of decisions on, on poor data. Um, because of the cost and the the, the realities of of such a vast resource. But um, I think, you know, as foresters, we, you know, the biggest cost is getting into the car and going out there to visit the forest. So I think every forester, no matter what they're doing, should have some sort of a data collection device with them and collect some data, even for 10 minutes, 15, 20 minutes, collect some data, even if it's just some DBHs and heights and stocking. And upload Absolutely. them to the system it'll it'll start, it'll start to fill the gaps and there's massive gaps in the resource information and um, right yeah so I would I would say to you know get them to reflect on how good is their data really and the decisions they're making from it you know
0: great advice
1: that, that's been a frustration of mine you know we know there's some unbelievably poor data um, and in, in most cases it's a, it's a positive story I think a lot of people are underestimating their actual resource um we're conservative by nature and we're we're uh, we're not properly evaluating the amount of trees that are out there in the world i think for the most part there's a there's a good story out there absolutely you said kevin the the big thing for me thankfully the exciting thing for me is that under the new carbon world measurement is suddenly hugely important yeah and it's hard to believe that under from a sustainable forest management point of view measurement was never really important it was just a tick box Right. You have to sustainably harvest. <laughs>
0: right, absolutely.
1: <laughs> How can you be sure you're sustainably harvesting if your if your prediction of what's out there is is you know it's it's a poor prediction. In a lot of cases, it's a poor prediction of what's actually out there. Yeah. And you're using planning tools that are feeding in crap data, and if you have crap data going in, you're going to get crap information out the other side. Yeah. Garbage in, garbage, um, garbage out. Garbage, yeah. You you said it a bit more politely than I did. <laughs> but, uh, yeah. Yeah. But, so. Uh,
0: yeah. So as we look to as we look to winding down, and this is this is awesome. We could chat forever again, you and I. We got enough arrows in our back, as I I joke, uh, that we could probably have uh, the explicit version of this, this this podcast and provide hilarious entertainment. But as we as we look at uh, winding down from a technology trends point of view, um, rapid fire question all lumped together, and you can just share. I know we've kind of touched on them, but from a trends point of view. What's getting you excited? One year, three year, 10 year? What what does that world look like? Rapid fire to you. What are those key tech things?
1: One year, it's the iPhone 13. Longer range, higher resolution, uh, LiDAR, um, (laughs) measurement in your pocket, Uh, precision measurement. We're going to get taper information. We're going to get straightness information from that. Defects as well, potentially, from what I'm hearing. That the Apple HQ for Europe is just up the hill here, so I'm I'm trying to try to listen in on some of the guys going in there. <laughs> what's, what's coming out? Um, uh, but um, at three years' time, as I said, you, you got the new biomass sensor going up. You've got you know got all these uh, nano going up. Uh, I'm hoping that high resolution data becomes cheaper. Right. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. So. At the moment, you know, you got your 30 centimeter resolution sensors. There's more of them going up, thankfully. Airbus are launching some more of them. So the more of those sensors, hopefully they'll start to make that data cheaper and easier to get. Uh, even higher resolution than that again. I think the the you know, the aerial LiDAR sensors on the drones are going to get cheaper. That's going to be that's going to be hugely important for the industry. Um, and that so that's the three-year window of just ever increasing better data and more available cost-effective uh, continued disruption of the, of the EO market by hopefully there's going to be some clever guys sending up some nanosats to get super high resolution, like 10, 10, 10, cent, 10 centimeters from our research is where you can start to really delineate the crown. It's like the magic number. Okay. <laughs> yeah. better than that. Uh, so single tree, we've all talked with single tree, that's obviously a very important piece If we can obviously you got your understory as your picture showing in the background there you got the understory uncertainty but at least we could start to generalize what 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 big trees are out there um so single tree will continue to evolve and get more easier to and cost effective to to understand uh at, at mass scale do, so do you think exciting.
0: we're do you think we're there now or you think we still yeah,
1: got we, we are there now only the cost of that is still crazy
0: that's so the
1: economics, yeah. Okay. The computer processing part of it is. And then I'm, I'm, I'm very excited about, obviously, we're giving away trade secrets. I'm very excited around um, NFTs and carbon credits, blockchain. That world is going to be ever increasingly play a part in, in our resource management and our resource utilization or monetization of our resource. I, I see the forest. It always has been a great, if you're lucky enough to own some forestry, it's been a great bank. Of, yes. of, of, of value for the owner and I, I, I believe that that will become a real bank I think that, that forestry uh, the public will invest in that asset albeit maybe for carbon to begin with but you're going to have more and more tokenization, small ownerships of forests by, by, by millions and millions of people who will demand high quality management high quality carbon Biodiversity is going to be hugely important, as we know, that's going to be a major, major driver for future management of forestry, that we get better at that and better better custodians of the, of the environment. And um, and yeah, I think the other thing is that we're, we're going to have to move faster. As foresters, we have to be part of the solution. This climate change thing is not going away. It's, it's actually accelerating.
0: Accelerating, getting worse, yep.
1: So, so we have to come with our vision, our plans, how to tackle this, not just some bureaucrats and bureaucrats, or whatever COP next month or whatever it's on in Scotland next. We've to come with major, major plans as to how to how to solve this. You know, you've got Mark Beanoff saying they're going to plant a trillion trees. Where are they going to plant this? What are they going to plant? Yep. You know, foresters have to take a real part of this. There's huge amounts of capital suddenly coming from, from industry, ESG money. How is that going to be properly quality planted, quality managed, massive opportunity for our sector globally? Um, so the future is really bright. It's, it's distressing from, a, from an environmental point of view and from a change point of view, but from, a, from an economic point of view and from a career point of view, it's a huge opportunity. So I think we need to become um, a bit braver, a bit louder and talk about our, our what we're seeing as foresters. Yep. Out there globally, start talking about the change that we're observing, um, get vocal, get into the national media, talk about it, talk about our fears and talk about our, our solutions and become part of that solution. Absolutely. And, uh, Absolutely. Come up with the ideas, come up with the ideas, the mad ideas, the scale. We need This this. The world is broken and it's going to need massive scale of solutions like the Trillion Tree Campaign. Absolutely, and, absolutely. And work with those people and get involved. And I think we're sitting back, a lot of us are sitting back going, just that's a great idea and great, but, but actually start, you know, where are where, where the plants going to come? How are they going to plant this trillion tree trees? Where are the seedlings going to come? What sort of seed? You know, big, absolutely. big, <laughs> big yeah. role from us foresters, you know? <laughs> absolutely.
0: I, I love it. And like, that's an awesome way to, to end the pod in terms of one, three, 10, you know, to recap for our listeners, you know, one year end, uh, tree match, they're, they're excited about that iPhone 13 coming out with, uh, the, the gadgets, uh, it is a pricey piece of gear, but, but again, mm-hmm. uh, yeah, sneak into the Apple HQ up the street there and grab, grab, grab me some, some swag and gear. We'd love it. We've also heard data, you know, the sensors and that three-year time horizon, you know, looking forward at 10, there's, there's a lot of, problems and yet opportunities that foresters, I always say, have to, you know, we got to beat our chest more, tell our stories proudly, loudly, you know, instead of, you know, just, you know, people don't even realize foresters are like the greatest stewards of, of, of nature. Right. And, and there's just these people are creating the narratives for foresters instead of maybe foresters uh, taking a hold of them themselves. But I love it. We, we don't have time to go into NFTs for our listeners, non-fungible tokens. The whole crypto space, Web 3.0, blockchain, DeFi. So if you're listening, you're like, what is NN Kevin talking about? Yeah, if you you felt like you missed the internet of the 94s and rode that wave, then start doing your research into um, just Google Web 3.0, start looking into that. I agree with you. I can see, I can connect the dots. And uh, as you said, those words are things I've been, been thinking about. So, hey, normally it's like, you know, if we could travel, would have loved to have done this pod with you in person, you know, just sit side by side. I think we, I I joked, I said, oh, you know, you're Irish, you're going to go get a, a Guinness now. And you're like, well, actually, you know, Guinness, I think is my, is my winter drink. And you had a, a lighter, lighter beer in the summer, but nonetheless, you're... Yeah, and nonetheless, you're going to the beach. So I'm kind of <laughs> jealous because I'm just starting my day uh per se. But and, yeah. yeah.
1: I gotta to show you. That's, that's yeah, so pe- people the watching
0: sun. this, you gotta check this out. Oh, pan down a bit, and I can't see the back here. I just saw the sky. Yeah, yeah, so so look at that. Like, isn't that incredible? Oh uh, yeah, the yeah. Sun, the sun.
1: the sun always shines in Ireland. You oh. gotta come yeah, bring your bring your good wife over to, to see more of her roots and absolutely
0: uh, visit. Absolutely I love it. So, so, Enda, if people want to get a hold of you, what's the way? Email, Twitter, LinkedIn, website? What, LinkedIn, what's the best way to get you?
1: LinkedIn is the easiest way. Um, okay. uh, email enda at tremetrics.com, E-N-D-A. Good easy name to remember. And, um, yeah, just keep in touch, everybody, and, and and reach out. And you know, happy to talk with people about their ideas and, and where it's all going as well in more detail. So uh, thanks sure. for the opportunity, Kevin. I like the podcast. It's a good I am getting into, I love listening to other foresters and talking about what's going on in their world. And, and uh, so fair play to, for doing it. It it needed to be done. And and, uh, yeah, keep up the good work.
0: Yeah. Thanks for your time. I love it. So, and uh, be safe and we will talk soon. Looking forward to maybe some collaborations together in the future. So thanks so much for your time.
1: Yeah. Good man. Thanks for your time. Thanks, Kevin.